We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm always ready for the best part of the show, baby. (laughs) All right. Here we go. We'll start with Vince and then over to Jesse. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Notre Dame now has won 27 consecutive games against ACC teams after taking out Clemson last week. It's embarrassing for the ACC. (laughs) That's where I'll go. Because they they don't have anybody that can beat Notre Dame in the regular season. Like, you've thrown every single team you have against Notre Dame, and none of them have won. That's embarrassing. Yeah, it's complete dominance that Notre Dame has, you know, now won 27 consecutive ACC games. And now you're going to make a strong case that Notre Dame has beaten both of who your potential ACC championship (laughs) matchups is going to be with North Carolina um, and Clemson. And both of those teams only end up with one loss going into that conference championship. That only makes Notre Dame look better. And you could almost crown Notre Dame as the ACC, you know, definitely the ACC regular season champ. They took down Syracuse. North Carolina, Handily, Clemson, by the way. Yeah, they're Handily. undefeated in the ACC, and they, they beat the two teams who are going to probably be playing, you know, for the ACC championship, and they're only losses. Like, it's – everything goes to Notre Dame. I think that statement right there, that 27 t- consecutive times this season, two one-loss teams are likely going to play in the ACC championship, and Notre Dame is handed out both those losses. You can confidently say Notre Dame doesn't belong in the ACC for football, like – you know logistically but the ACC runs through them when it comes through you know when it comes to uh to football and that might be dramatic or or a stretch but when you've won 27 straight and the two teams are playing you know for the for the conference championship and you've beaten both of them handily I I think it runs the, the ACC football right now runs through Notre Dame yeah it's very telling for the ACC because of what you were just talking about let's not forget Notre Dame basically played a full schedule against the ACC two years ago during the pandemic season and found themselves playing in the ACC championship game. They won an ACC championship their only year as a member of the conference because of that. And then, you know, again, found themselves in the playoff. And now the two best teams in the ACC each only have one loss and they've been just beat downs by, by Notre Dame in a down year for Notre Dame. So I think it is very telling for the ACC and, um, I, it, it's just total dom. You know, this streak is going to end 
at some point. Of course. But for yeah. right now, it's it's just amazing that Notre Dame has this kind of consecutive games. Now, of course, they did lose the ACC championship game to Clemson. Sure. But again, we're talking about the regular season, and it is just a very amazing streak and, and shows how much really the ACC needs Notre Dame. I think that there are some people who can try to deny it, but the ACC needs Notre Dame badly. And it's, you know, again, you've got the two guys who are going to win the division, and Notre Dame has beaten both of them this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So after last week's dominating rushing performance, ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, who again is going to be the analyst for today's game, Notre Dame Navy, tweeted, y'all still want to fire Tommy Reese. So Jess, I'll start with you on this one. What do you think? Vince was ready to go. Vince was, or Jess, <laughs> what do you think? No, no, good. Uh, you know, it's it's easy for someone like Dan Orlovsky to, to say that because he comes and goes a few weeks and it seems like Every time Dan comes, we see a good Tommy Reese. And maybe we need – the conversation needs to be how can Dan Orlovsky become the permanent, you know, guy who's calling Notre Dame games. But it, it's just it, – it's easy – like I said, it's easy for, for Dan to say because he's coming in off of good weeks. And obviously, you know, he's watching – he's preparing himself for the game this week. So he's watching film, and it's easy to go back and say, oh, wow, look at all the good things. But he hasn't been here from start to finish. Like, if he watched every single snap – I agree. Tommy Reese is a good coordinator and he comes up with good plays, but he, he outthinks himself a lot. It's, it's yeah. a lot of getting too cute to this, too much of that. And we saw finally saw it against Clemson last week of just doing what he knows is going to work consistently and, and making teams prove that they're, they're going to stop you in it. And so, yeah, Tommy comes up with good plays and I, 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 I enjoy, you know, his play design and his play call, but I just think he, he shoots himself in the foot so much and he tries to get too cute. Yes. And so, that's my biggest issue, and that goes along with a lot of the inconsistencies that we've seen. Tommy Reese is attributed to being inconsistent as well as a play caller um, and, and you know, what he's, his overall kind of game plan is. And so 
I get yes, I don't want to fire Tommy Reese. I just want Tommy Reese to be, you know, Clemson Tommy Reese every week. And I know that that's not realistic, but we shouldn't see, you know, uh, the the Stanford games and the Marshall games like those those kind of play calling games shouldn't happen. And so that's where I'm going to kind of leave it. Yeah, that's that's it. Show us you can do it game in, game out. Sorry, Vince, I'll let you no, go no, first. You're, you're good, <laughs> I for, man. I, I forgot we started with Jesse on this so, one. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, no. He, he's had nine games this year, right? He's had nine opportunities to do his job. Okay, do your effing job, right? You've had nine opportunities. I would say that 33% of those nine opportunities, he's done a, a, a better than average job, right? One of those opportunities, he's done a bang up awesome job. You add those two together, that's 44%. So 44% of the time you do a good job at your job, most of the time you're getting fired for that, okay? I'm not advocating that Tommy Reese get fired. I'm saying Tommy Reese needs to be more consistent with what he does because you only have 12 total opportunities a year, maybe 13 if you make a bowl game. You have 13 to 14 opportunities to do your job. And then, of course, that doesn't even bring into play the quarterback development, which we could get into, but – you you need to do your job at a more consistent basis. Otherwise, yes. people aren't going to be happy. And right now, he's at a 44% clip, in my opinion. That's not if I if I operated a 44% success rate at my job, <laughs> goodbye. Probably won't have that very long. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be a special game plan. It's like, right. what's your offense? Game in, game out. Just show us you can do it. It you know, right. you don't have to like show us you can be tricky and go off tendencies and do all this stuff. Let's just let's just see what's What's the offense and go out and run the offense consistently on a game in game out basis. You know, it, it shouldn't come to it. Right. Yeah. And I've said it before. He just needs to establish what he wants his foundation or identity to be as an offense and do that really well. And just have small wrinkles week by week that come off of what you do really well. And I'll perfect, perfect example is drew pine pulling that RPO read and getting in on the touchdown. It's the exact same motion. They're showing the same offense that they've run the whole game, but you just throw in the tiniest little wrinkle and let Pine finally pull it in the most important you know, part of the field in the red zone and score. That's what I want to see Tommy do is get wrinkles off of what he knows his team does really well. That is what I need to see him consistently. I don't need to see you know him lining up in all these different sets that have no success. Line up in what you know work. Right. Do it really well and then show some variations to keep teams on their toes. Yep. Yeah. Joe had a super chat. He says, happy game day, not assuming it wins. See Marshall and Stanford. <laughs> but I think these next two games should be coached and played with USC and the bowl game in mind. What do you think about that, Vince? Well, I mean, they, they should be coached with that game in mind. I mean, I, I don't I don't think it, it does anybody any good to coach a game thinking about games in the future. I So I will disagree with Joe on that one. I know Joe's a coach. And I don't think he would coach a game thinking about two games ahead. That's just that's just not a recipe for success. You have to coach this game, and you have to coach this team for where you – you can coach them for where maybe you want them to be in the future. You're building things. You're building the foundation, that kind of thing. But you can't look two games in the future while you're coaching this game because that's how you lose. Yeah, going off what Vince said, I think the most important thing is just coaching this game how you, how you want – how you want, you know, the success to go for the rest of the season, your offensive success. You found the formula for what's kind of working and you know, you have these back in three games. So allow them to work off of each other, allow what you you know, what you want to accomplish against Clemson to roll into Navy, to roll into Boston college, to roll into to USC. So that by the time you're at USC, 
you're putting together even a better, you know, display or performance or offense than what you did against Clemson. And I think that they need to, again, they don't need to get into, you know, I, do we need to see maybe a little bit more passing today? Sure. Because of where Navy secondary is, but that doesn't mean, you know, we're opening up the playbook and we're going with these spread shotgun drop back looks like, no, just stick to what you know is your offense and what you, what you know, you're going to run against USC and continue to build this kind of well-oiled machine. I think that's the best way to look at it in my eyes. The question there's a question here in the chat. I can't remember, but if against the option, a player gets the quarterback in the backfield with the ball in his hands, it counts as a sack, right? Nope. Only it if depends on if he's going toward the line of scrimmage, basically. Doesn't yeah, I it? mean, it, you got to be dropping back for a pass, right. and it should be fairly obvious if a quarterback is dropping back for a pass, or if they're running option, or it's a QB keep, or whatever. Like last week, if DJ Uyangalale was running quarterback power and he got tackled in the backfield. That's not a sack. That's just right. a tackle for loss. So right. yeah, there's but. just gonna be a lot more TFLs in the in the yes. in the column this week if than right. sacks, right? That it's just another way of saying sack, tackle for loss. It's like the, the rushing version of a sack, a tackle for loss. Right. Scale of one to ten. How strongly do you want to see the Notre Dame Navy rivalry continue in the future? Vince? Absolutely. 100%. Not, that's a 10. I absolutely want this rivalry to continue. <laughs> I am a student of history and I, there we will go. Always, I, I will always appreciate the history behind Notre Dame and Navy. And I don't, I, you've got 12 games. You, you've got room for Navy on your schedule, period. End of discussion. I sometimes it's bigger than the game itself. And I know that sounds corny and that sounds like a line, but it's true. This game is bigger than the game. It needs to continue. Yeah, I, I talked about this on Thursday a little bit with uh, with Brian. Notre Dame has been playing Navy since 1927. Uh, there is a trophy on the line, the Rip Miller Trophy. And so anytime you, you bring up rivalry and you bring up trophies and you bring up a team that you've you played since 1927 and the mutual respect that the Naval Academy and, and the University of Notre Dame have uh, for each other, you know, that and the help that Notre Dame provided Navy at one point, I just think it's always a game that belongs on the schedule. I know it's not the sexiest. I know it's not the most fun, you know, watching the triple option come into town. But it's it's that. It's that. It's a rivalry. It's a tradition. And I don't think that there's any reason, you know, to take them off the schedule. I, I It's just there's a mutual respect. Obviously, Navy doesn't get quite the, you know, the recruits and the level of, of football players that, that Notre Dame or a lot of the other Power 5 schools do. But that's not – they're not – that's secondhand for them. They're more concerned about, the you know, their commitment – to the academy and all of those things. So I, as a person, love this tradition against Navy, you know, no matter what state uh, that the Navy football team is in. So we've got some different comments. Like Stymie says, once a decade at Yankee Stadium because history never pinstripes again. You know, and then then like Alan says, I want Notre Dame versus Army again. And, you know, we've had other people, you know, say like, why don't, you know, would like to see him play Army more often. I'm a little bit torn on this because I've always been behind it because they were never playing FCS teams. And now, you know, they'd never played an FCS team. They were the final holdout to never play an FCS team. Well, what's going to happen next year? They're going to play Tennessee State. So, you know, so it like, I, I kind of like sort of what Alan is saying. I wouldn't mind seeing like, maybe you do it like you play Army um, uh, on the even number years, you play Navy in the odd numbers, you, you know, something like that, where maybe you rotate it if you're going to do it. But, you know, again, 
I've I've never been hot on it. It's Veterans Day weekend, so I'll just stick with okay, whatever. So I'm I'm like an eight on this. That's you know, again, good, though. eight's pretty high. Yeah, I mean, it's still I'm okay because it is tradition and you know the original meaning and you know the, how the whole thing got started and one lot you know that kind of thing. But don't get me started on the fact that Notre Dame has to subsidize basically a government funded institution. So. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> Feisty. Double fill in the blanks. The rival you most want to see on Notre Dame's schedule going forward is blank, but the rival you least want to see is blank. Vince, start with you. So the way I look at this question was, which one do I want to remove from the current schedule and which one would I want to add to the current schedule? That's the way I took this question, right? I would say that I want to remove Stanford. I know everybody's going to be shocked by that. You got to remove Stanford. That game means nothing. There is no tradition behind this game. Please, please, please get rid of Stanford. And I know they have a trophy for that game, Jess, but I still don't like it. Yeah, you know I'm going to get you on that one. <laughs> That's fine. They can have a trophy, right? You put you, you have won the last X amount. That now can be permanently mounted on the wall, and it doesn't need to go anywhere else. Boom, there it is. <laughs> they need to develop a trophy, and they need to have Clemson on the schedule every year. That's what I want to see. I think – I, yes, they have the relationship with the ACC, and so they have Clemson every once in a while. They're doing a home and away, obviously, this this year and next year. I think that game would be fun to have every year. I just do. I think that game would be fun. And I will also add a third thing to this. If you are telling me which one do I not want to see that is not currently on the schedule, and that would be Michigan. I well, yeah, do not it, want them on the schedule. It doesn't have to be currently on the schedule. You know, right. I'm just talking about because yeah. obviously both these ways. rivalries, you know, you know, there was a time obviously when when Navy, Michigan State, yeah. Purdue, Michigan, and obviously yeah. USC were always on the schedule. But that's not. changed because of both the Big Ten schedule as well as Notre Dame's ACC arrangement. I don't want Michigan on the schedule every year. Every few years, fine. <laughs> not every year. I, I'm good. Jess? Yeah, so I sorry, I'm just getting a few few more things. I'm I'm bulletproofing my case here <laughs> for everyone to 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 to. I'm just yeah, bulletproofing. So the original question: Who, what rival do I want to see on Notre Dame schedule going forward? I am all in favor of bringing back Michigan State onto Notre Dame schedule. Notre Dame played Michigan State, Michigan State from 1948 to 2017 pretty much every year. Like Michigan State was on the schedule. There's another trophy involved, the Megaphone Trophy. I am all, you know, they've been playing, they've been playing Michigan State since 1897. I always enjoyed, you know, those games. I talked about this a little bit too. I, I very much considered going to the school of Michigan State. I think it's a very nice campus, all those things. I just like those are good, solid games. Like in the early 2000s, those were very good Notre Dame, Michigan State games. You know, there was the double overtime games. There was the fake field goals. There was Kirk Cousins. All of those games, Notre Dame leads the series 48 to 28. But, you know, since Notre Dame ripped off an eight-game win streak in the 80s and 90s, you know, Michigan State has led the series 11 to 8, you know, the last kind of 20 times or so that they played. It's a competitive series. I like Michigan State on the schedule. I think they're another very well-coached team, a very solid you know, program. I like them much more than Michigan. They have much more class, dignity. I hate you know playing Michigan because of – to me, the, I don't like the fans a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who are Michigan fans. So I want to add Michigan State back to the – Yes, I agree. Back to the schedule. Right. So who's off the mix? 
uh, off the schedule, man, I I like to keep keep the rivals. Uh, but if I had to get rid of one, I, I lean towards Stanford and Boston College. Um, I know you can't really get rid of Boston College because it's the two independents, the two, you know, strong Catholic schools. Well, and they're part of the ACC, too. So, yeah, it, it kind of goes. You're going to play them. Yeah. yeah. It, so it, that helps out. I guess I have to go on board with, with Vince here. And, and if we're removing a true rival, the one who lead, lead, sorry, means the least, it, it's got to be Stanford. Yeah. See, I get what you're saying, Jess, about Michigan State, and I get you know all the recent acrimony with Michigan that Vince is talking about and why he doesn't want to put them back on. Stanford is one I definitely don't care about. But like, <laughs> you know, again, like when you went back to that time, which has only been what 10, 12 years ago, when Purdue, Michigan State, a lot of times Boston College and Michigan, you know, Michigan wasn't always on the schedule, but they were, you know regulars like there are only so many games you can get up for in a season and like when all of those teams were on it the games always meant more to Purdue Michigan State and Boston College than they meant to Notre Dame like Michigan was still going to be the big one so any of the like I don't mind them rotating and being part of the schedule but like even last year you know like when Purdue was back on and walking through the parking lot there was just that Purdue stepbrother syndrome and Michigan state had it to an extent as well. So I'd still rather see Michigan be periodically on the schedule than I would Michigan state for that, you know, and maybe now that they're not regulars on the schedule, maybe it's a little bit different, but like when they were on the schedule all the time, I just always felt like it meant much more to both Purdue and Michigan state than it meant to Notre Dame. So I, 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 so I, I would not mind seeing Stanford get punted from the schedule and I wouldn't mind seeing Michigan more often because I'm still from a time when like seeing those Notre Dame Michigan games early in the season they meant a lot just, those were just good you know rivalry games it always meant a lot and there was always going to be a lot of attention on it but I get so we I all get agree reasons, on I get reasons why nobody cares to see Michigan yeah. <laughs> so I just don't like all that comes with it it's just it's always a bad taste in my mouth no matter what happens yeah uh, over under 19 and a half passing attempts for Drew Pine today. Man, he, he how many did he, he how many did he attempt against Clemson? I know he only completed like nine. Yeah, like 18, it's 19. It's over. I yeah. think that I think that they're gonna try to get a little more cutesy uh in, in the past game today. And there's a really good comment brought up in the chat, and I think that someone like Lorenzo Styles today needs to have a game. Tobias is out. Obviously, you know, we saw saw the transfer at wide receiver. I'm not saying he needs to have a huge game, but we've seen the drops recently. I think this is a big game to kind of get him going a little bit uh, towards the right direction. So I could see some more pass attempts today, and I'd like to see Lorenzo Styles being the, the guy catching some of those because I think he can do some good things uh, today. I was going to go over here, but then I started thinking about it, and this game might be the quickest in real time that any game is on the schedule, right? Yeah. Navy's going to run the ball. Notre Dame's going to run the ball. Love that. Series are going to be limited in this game, so there's not going to be as many opportunities to throw the ball. I'm going to say under. I, I think it's going to be under because I just don't think they're going to have as many opportunities to throw the ball. They're going to want to run it first. They're going to throw it, and I think they're going to have success throwing it. I think he has more points, I mean, more yards than he had you know, in the last game for sure. 
but I don't think they're going to throw it that often because I don't think they're going to have as many opportunities. Yeah, I'm going to hedge on under as well. I think he's going to be probably right around that 17, 18 range. Once again, you know, just because just what you were saying, you know, like statistically Navy's numbers would say, well, you need to throw against them because they only give up 88 rushing yards a game, but they're giving up 275 passing yards per game. But like we've seen even some good teams that Navy has had in these last few years and Notre Dame has just pounded them. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to say that 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 Navy's defense is such that Notre Dame can't run the ball against them just because statistically they're not giving up that many yards. I think they're still going to try to pound them, and I think that Drew Pine will have – I'm thinking he's going to have a more efficient day and the yards per too. pass will be up, but I don't think that we're going to see like quantity pass attempts today. Yeah. I, I think he could very easily go over 200 yards passing. I don't think it's going to take 19 passes to get there. Yeah. So which is more likely, all three Irish running backs top 100 yards from scrimmage or an Irish wide receiver has the unit's first 100-yard receiving game? I I just said that Drew Pine is going to have under 19 yards or 19 <laughs> pass attempts, and I'm going to say the Irish wide receiver has 100 yards. So I think okay. it's going to be a very efficient day in the pass game. I think there's going to be a lot of yards after the catch. And I might even go a step further and say that that 100-yard receiver is going to be Lorenzo Styles. Vince took a lot of my thunder there. You're saying a <laughs> lot of – you're saying all-purpose yards, right? Are, are, we, are those straight rushing yards? all-purpose yards backs? for the back. All-purpose. It's yards from scrimmage. Ooh. Ooh. That's tough. <laughs> I think Tyree's going to get some touches today out, out in space, and I think that he's not going to rush – I think Diggs and Estime are going to get close to each 100 on the ground, and I think Tyree's going to get really close to 100 all-purpose yards. But it, it, I think that we're going to see two – I think we're going to see Diggs and Estime over 100, and I think we're going to see a more concerted effort, like Vince said, to get Styles into the pass game. I think him and Mayer are going to have some sort of combination uh, with you know who's those targets, and I just think it's a get-right game for someone like Lorenzo Styles. I think they need him to have this kind of get right game. And so I'm going to go, he's going to, oh man, he's going to, it's going to be close, but I think he's going to get to a hundred. It's, these are all the, all these guys are going to end up, I think really close to a hundred. And that's the thing is, it's just, it's just so hard to take the wide receiver because we haven't seen it and it should be Lorenzo styles, but the drops, he's got five drops right now, which are among the leaders in the nation. Unfortunately, it seems like a focus thing with him. Like they've talked about, They've tried to do some things to get him some confidence and get him in the game early. But I just think it's too much for all three running backs to have 100 yards from yeah. scrimmage, even against, because, again, like you said, the snap count should be lower. Yes, that's than, my issue. So if you can get, like, I would feel more confident in the receiver, like if Tobias Merriweather was there, but we're not going to see him today. But I still, I just think a receiver is going to have a better chance because of the yards after catch. All, all it's going to take is potentially – three or four completions to one guy and he could be over a hundred yards with that. So I'll take the receiver over all three running backs, just because I think it's going to be too hard for all three running well, backs because yeah. of the touches. And the question was chances are right. So, right. I mean, the odds are in that favor, I would say. Right. I think Tyree catches a touchdown today. I'm going to put the, throw that out there for fun. Let's move on to our predictions, starting with Notre Dame Navy. 
and then we'll get into some of the national games because again we got to wrap up here in a few minutes. So Vince, Notre Dame, oh, Navy. Fire well, away. I'm not going to go through my entire spiel of why I think this score <laughs> is going to be what it is, but I was checking the betting lines today because I was going to get my Notre Dame bet in because I, I try to always bet on Notre Dame, and but I didn't last week. But the over under in points right now is 39 and a half, and I have the my final scores: Notre Dame 35, Navy six which puts it at 41. So it's like, is my, if my prediction comes true, that I got to take the over. I just don't know if they're going to have enough possessions to get that high of a score at this point. So I don't know about the over-under, but I, I still have Notre Dame 35, maybe six. I have Notre Dame 34, and I have Navy 9. I don't, I don't think Navy gets into the end zone today. I think they get a couple field goals. Um, but yeah, I got, I got Notre Dame... Winning thirty-four to nine in a very controlled game, I think similar to what we see last last week. A lot of controlled, you know, offensive possessions, um, and, and the the defense doing what they have to do to shut down Navy. So I got Notre Dame thirty-four and Navy nine. Yeah, I made my prediction, and I've talked about this before. I just I, I don't like making my prediction so early in the week, but Brian has us do them fairly early in the week. My prediction is Notre Dame thirty-eight, Navy twenty. You know, again, and that's that's what we put up on the site the other day. But I also I don't feel like Navy's probably going to get to that, you know, as I kind of sit back and, and you know, have had more time to ingest their offense and Notre Dame's defense and all that kind of stuff. But I'll stick with it. I've got 38 to 20. I see Notre Dame, you know, having a pretty good balanced attack today. That's usually what happens when they play the midshipmen. All right. Alabama ranked number nine. Ole Miss. Rank number 11. Where do we stand on this one, guys? Ooh, man, it, you know, this one is kind of tough, to be honest with you, because, you know, th this is the first time that Alabama's been saddled with two losses this early in the season in a really long time. It's been 2010 since that was the case, and that was the last time they lost to, excuse me, to LSU. So I, I think Alabama's reeling a little bit. I, I know that I'm a little higher on Ole Miss than some other people. But I still think Alabama gets this win, but I think it's going to be close. So I got Alabama 27, Ole Miss 21. So I think I think Ole Miss covers. I will say that. It's an 11 and a half point spread. Yeah. Vince, you and I are on the same page. I'm a big Ole Miss fan. I like Lane Kiffin uh, and what he's kind of done on the back end, you know, since kind of leaving USC. Um, and I think this is a great game for a lot. There's a lot of layers to this game because, you know, Alabama's weak. And, and I don't know the last time that we could potentially see Alabama suffered three losses um, in, in the regular season. And so Al Ole Miss has a great opportunity today, right, to put the nail in the coffin um, in Alabama. And Ole Miss, I don't, I can't remember the last time Ole Miss has beaten Alabama. Lane Kiffin coached under Saban. There's just a lot of different things going on in this game. I think this is the best Ole Miss has looked in a, in a lot of years. They have a good run game. They have a good pass game. I'm going to take Ole Miss to, to win this game today. And I'm going to have – I say they win, uh, let's see here, 30 – 37 to 31. I have Ole Miss beating Alabama today. Uh, apparently, some breaking uh, information that I saw just somebody in the chat, Notre Dame football PR team, JD Bertrand has been rolled out today <laughs> as well. What? They don't they don't say why, but JD Bertrand will also not play today. Ooh. In addition Ooh. to Tobias Mer Merriweather and Brandon Joseph, no JD Bertrand for the Irish 
we're going to see a lot of young linebackers today against the, against the triple option. That yeah. I agree with. Completely. It's kind of concerning. Yes. <laughs> Not concerning, but it, I think the last thing you wanted to hear is that your captain in the middle of the defense was going to be huh. out today. And it says that he was ruled out after warm-ups. So yeah. they must have been testing something, and he decided that he can't go. So that right. is a, a very interesting situation. Yeah. Um, as for Alabama Ole Miss, I would like Ole Miss to win. Um, Lane Kiffin practically begging anyone who would listen not to write off Nick Saban this week because the the odds just don't favor Ole Miss. The last time Alabama lost two games in a row was nine years ago when they lost the kick six game to Auburn and then lost in the Sugar Bowl to Oklahoma. And they haven't lost three games in a season since 2010. So I've got Alabama winning 31 to 27 today, which, you know, again, Ole Miss is covering, but I don't have them winning. What about UCF Tulane? Go ahead, Jess. I am going to go with Tulane. I think that uh, better team, they're, they're riding out this high, and I I just don't have the, 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 the all the confidence in kind of UCF. Their only real big win is Cincinnati. Um, and so outside of that, I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in UCF. I think I, Tulane has showed more throughout the season, um, and that's what I'm anticipating today. So I, have, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Tulane – uh sneaks by a lot of my scores are sitting in like the 30 range it seems like today so i'm gonna go 34 to 27 that uh two lane wins more brief on these guys one or two sentences let's get moving (laughs) no problem this is a game i don't care about but it's a game of the winner that might play notre dame in a new year six so this is interesting for that matter i'll take the upset ucf 27 two lane 28 i'm sorry i got the upset upset. I went the other way. So Tulane by a point. Oh, okay. Well, I do have All the right. upset. I've got UCF winning 35 to 32. <clears throat> All right. How about TCU in Texas? Fourth ranked TCU, number 18, Texas. Uh, Texas isn't back yet. I'm surprised they're still ranked. Uh, so I got I have TCU continuing to run the ball uh, successfully against Texas. Okay. I don't think Texas is back. I think they have a good offense. So I think this will be a shootout. But I've got TCU winning 37-35. They should not be ranked, by the way, Texas. I don't know why I've got I I just – I'm just going to say Texas 38, TCU 34. I just feel like TCU – you know, like like Texas. they get to that number four spot, so they're in college football playoff contention. The pressure starts to build now for an upstart, I think. So I like Texas pulling it off today. Final one. North Carolina at Wake Forest. North Carolina is going this way. Wake Forest is going this way. So I think North Carolina wins this one. Again, I think it's going to be a shootout. That slow mesh ain't going to win you nothing. North Carolina 45, Wake Forest 42. Yeah, I have this uh, very high-scoring game. Wake Forest, you know, took advantage of Clemson secondary. I think North Carolina has a weaker defense. We saw Notre Dame put up a lot of points against them. This is going to be a shootout. Uh, but I think North Carolina gets it done 44 to 41. And I just want to give a shout out to, to Drake May here because he has better stats than CJ Stroud. And Stroud is considered the number one Heisman candidate right now. He has more rushing yards, way more. He's like 500 rushing yards. He has more passing yards. He has more passing touchdown, rushing touchdowns. I think that there should be a, a serious consideration uh, for May in the Heisman chat this season. I can't disagree with any of that, but because he plays for North Carolina and yep. because Ohio and State, you know, 
And Notre yeah. Dame made both those quarterbacks look pedestrian. They did. <laughs> they did. I've got North Carolina winning 42 <clears throat> to 35. Guys, that's going to do it. Enjoyed it. 90 minutes plus flew by yeah. fast. <laughs> That'll happen with three guys. Appreciate everyone for joining Pretty us this morning. We've got kickoff in less than a half an hour at this point. Beautiful. So we're going to wrap it up. Don't forget the post-game show afterwards. Brian is going to be there. Um, Vince, of course, is going to be there. I think will Ryan and Sean also be there, Vince? I'm not sure. I asked. I didn't get a response. So okay. Somebody's going to be there, and it'll be a lot of fun because we'll be celebrating another name dominant victory. All right. Enjoy the game. And, of course, we'll be back Monday as well with, with Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Guys, enjoyed it. I will talk to you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.